Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. Sometimes in this life, we just need like one little thing to kind of shift our perspective on certain things. And today, I'm going to talk about something that just happened to me that kind of made my shift my pers- made me shift my perspective a little bit related to like like feminism and 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 that whole debate. Um, that's probably like the that that was like the best way I could think of phrasing the title. Uh, you know, it was like shifting my perspective on feminism, even though it's not like exactly what this is. But I'm like, oh, let's just put that out there, and then that'll get a little bit more attention anyway. But I mean, it's kind of related to like like feminism, I guess. Like, um, so. Okay, what's the context I'm talking about here? Um, so I would say that I am uh, a little bit kind of, um, I guess, against like the highly progressive agenda that I believe exists throughout most of the United States, which in part kind of includes like the feminist agenda. Um, I think so. To give a bit of a background, I'm a 34 year old man, you know, from the United States. Um, I identify nowadays. I talk about this a decent amount on this podcast. I do talk a decent amount about politics. I identify as much more uh, Republican than Democrat related to the major political issues. Um, and I, I guess I don't really like the ultra uber progressive movement that I'll call it that's going on in society right now and has been over the past, you know, particularly five or 10 years here in the US. And you could argue that it go, it's, you know, its roots go back much further than that. But I guess like this particular issue without going too much into all of the other politics, uh, you know, the other aspects of, of politics that make me lean more on like the Republican side and be a little bit against this like highly progressive movement. Um, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to the uh, the topic of like of feminism, I think I a lot of times have fallen into the category of like a classic guy, a classic man who just who just won't see it. Like he he just won't see it because he's a man. He doesn't have experience being a woman. He doesn't know what it's like. And no matter how you try to explain it to him, he just won't see it. And I think I fall into that category sometimes in certain ways, right? And I had a little experience this morning, which I'll get back to in a minute, which kind of just made me shift my perspective. I was like, huh, yeah, that does kind of like change the way I look at things. Now, the whole topic of, you know, feminism, um, like I guess immediately if any you know feminists were to go into a discussion with me about this they just probably wouldn't like me based on some of the main you know I guess political leanings that I have I'm pro-life now when it comes to abortion um, I have reasons that I that I back up this stance um, some of them which are based on statistics and other ones which are related to me personally um, but I'll happily discuss that with anyone but that automatically kind of puts me in the camp of you know since I'm if for, since I'm for the most part against abortion that kind of puts me in the camp of you're oh you're an anti-feminist or you're you know part of the I don't know if you want to call it the patriarchal you know culture in, in you know Latin America they might call it like the machismo culture who knows um, but like I said and I have plenty of reasons that I could give you that I'm pro-life which I've talked about I did a full podcast on it several months ago at least um, but anyway like at a base political stance now like if feminists talk to me about these issues they would probably label me kind of as quote unquote the enemy, right? Or part of the problem. And um I think, you know, the 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 debate like on a larger societal level, uh, as it relates to, you know, injustices against women in society and everything, it's especially nowadays, I mean I think it's tricky, uh, because 
you know, yeah, obviously we've we've lived in, you know, patriarchal societies, if you want to call it that, for for many, many decades and centuries as human beings. Obviously, there have been major advantages to being, you know, a man and disadvantages to being a woman in certain ways. Um, I think I think now we're at a point in society, see, it's tough because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, well, men, usually, and sometimes actually I hear women say this, but who've kind of gone the other way and say that now, like, we're, we're set up in a matriarchal, matriarchal society, particularly here um, in the West, you know, and in the United States, uh, you know, and they'll talk about laws related to, you know, divorce and things like that, how the woman gets everything, and I don't, I don't really get too into this because it's not something I've studied that much, and I don't really care that much anyway, and I definitely don't think we're living in a matriarchal society. Um, I don't think the society we live in here in the U.S. is highly patriarchal at this point. I mean, that this is something that's probably open for debate. I mean, you know, you'll talk about issues like, you know, you know, the um, the hardcore like anti-feminists, if I call them that, will try to like debunk the gender pay gap. You know, they'll say, oh, there's yeah, there's a gender pay gap, but it's you know for certain reasons that are not just because uh, you know women are being discriminated against, right? It's because either women you know are taking jobs that um, just you know typically not taking as high of salary jobs, they're off work for other things, you know, whatever. And then women would argue like, yeah, we're off work because we're having a child in our womb for nine months, stuff like that. So, you know, it's a big debate, and I'm not going to get into the, the whole debate related to the gender pay gap or, you know, feminism in general in society. Um, and, but just like the idea that I want, the picture I want to paint here is that I'm someone who on a topic like this and many other topics would probably be looked at by feminists, by progressives. And, and I'm not even trying to like label you. I'm not trying to put labels on anything. It just kind of makes it easier to describe people who support more of a feminist movement or more of a progressive movement would label me for the most part as somewhat like the enemy or part of the problem. And this really goes for, for kind of all, all of these, I don't know, like socio-political topics here in the U.S. is I'm kind of like the, <laughs> how do I put this? Like I'm kind of the epitome of the, 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 the problem, so to speak, in terms of like the the patriarchy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a white male in my 30s, okay, um, which means that on topics related to feminism, um, you know, discrimination against women, discrimination against people of other races, racism, you know, like I'm the person, I'm the one that people would point to and say, you know, oh well, he's he's part of the problem right there. It's the white men that are trying to always conquer and dominate and always have, right? And they're discriminating against the others. And, and what's, what's really interesting, like this whole debate is very interesting because I think that what also happens is as a white man, I remember something that my dad told me, and I don't want people to think negatively of my dad because he's a very good man and he really doesn't even get too into this political stuff very much. Um, and it was kind of like in a little bit almost of a joking way that he said this, like at the time, but I knew I know there was some truth to it, and I definitely don't want. Like I said, I don't want anyone listening to this to think that oh, your dad like raised you in a certain way because he's really just a really nice man, you know, treats everybody with respect, and like is not highly like political in this way typically. But I remember when I was like 18 years old. I think it was when I was 18. Um, you know, he said something to me like, "Well, well, congratulations, son." You are now at the point in life where you cannot file a complaint for discrimination based on anything whatsoever because now you are an adult white male. So you have nothing to argue with, <laughs> essentially. And like, it was really interesting because at the time I didn't even think anything of it. But like, now looking back, I'm like, wow, it's crazy because um, obviously, you know, here in the United States, white men, we've had the advantage in society, like, 
always, you know, in just for, for all the reasons, you know, just uh, the, the whole sexism debate, men having advantages over women, whether it's pay advantages, whatever, the whole racism debate, you know, white people having advantages over black people and people of other races in the U.S. and everything. And it's funny how I'm sure my dad's not the only one, but like white parents will flip that on their kids and they'll say, hey, well, now you're a white adult male. You can't complain about anything. They almost make it sound like you have no rights in society. You have no right to complain. It's crazy, you know. And I'm thinking back about this now because at the time I didn't even think anything of it. See, at the time I didn't think anything. Like I grew up in a suburban area of Minnesota where we just don't really hear about these problems very much. I mean, there, you know, there were, yeah, I mean, there were people of other races at my school. I mean, it was probably, heck, I don't know. Let's go 80 to 90% white and then 10 to 20% people of other races. I mean, like the problem, for example, of racism, I was barely even like introduced to it when I was a kid. See, this is the thing. This is what I think happens in the U.S. is that when you grow up in a suburban and, yes, like a predominantly white, fairly affluent area in the U.S., like where I grew up, at least when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, I was kind of made to believe that like racism is not even a problem in the U.S. anymore, that all that was all things of the past, you know, whatever, it's over now, we're good. And because I didn't experience any of it and I didn't really see much of it where I was growing up, it's like, yeah, we're good, right? It was really only until like probably three years ago that I started, three to four years ago, that I started realizing that, oh, whoa, like, yeah, racism is still a problem, mainly, mainly because I'm being told in no uncertain terms by friends of different races, like, bro, you got to check yourself because this is a big issue here in society still. And if you don't think it's a problem, it's a problem. And you're part of the problem okay and see now you know i've looked at it more and i realize yeah there is there is more racism in the u.s than i thought there was but at the same time like it's still it, it's still hard just as like as, as a white person as a white male it's like hard to get through my head you know and we could debate like you know we like i said that that topic is also kind of up for debate as well because there's a lot of people more on the Republican side, and this is not just white people, this is people of color as well sometimes who will say, you know what, this whole racism thing is getting overblown and it's getting manipulated by the news. And we are in a pretty good place in society here in the U.S. But this whole thing is not even meant to be about racism. This whole thing is meant to be about feminism and, and, and all that. I'm just trying to make the point that if you were to look at me and if we were to debate this just based on my demographic as a 30-something-year-old white male here in the United States, I would be considered, quote-unquote, like part of the problem or <laughs> the enemy, so to speak, in these debates unless I'm actively doing something to combat the issues, to combat the patriarchy, to combat the systemic racism and all the other stuff that may or may not exist. <laughs> I'm going to put air quotes up there that may or may not exist as fully as some people say it does. Anyway, um, okay. I think I've made my point there. It's funny because I actually, I literally just recently watched the uh, the Barbie movie that's in theaters with this girl I'm dating, and we were having we were having actually like a little debate about it, you know, because she's not like a real feminist, but she, you know, kind of was explaining some things to me, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I see that. And then the Barbie movie itself is like, God, it's kind of an entertaining movie, but obviously you watch that as a as a man, and you're just like, really, <laughs> like, as, I mean, it's just like it's an over exaggeration of things, you know. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, there's some truth to what they're talking about. I don't know. Go watch Barbie. Have yourself a good time, regardless of what your demographic or your viewpoints are. It's a silly, entertaining movie overall, um, and I'm sure some people are very passionate about the topic. But see, I think that what happens, too, related to all of this, is when you put, like, you know, it, when people look at me, and I'm, I'm being, like, over-exaggerating when I say, like, I'm in the category of the enemy, but, like, that I am 
part of the problem, you know, as a as a the demographic of the the white male in the United States. I think what happens, especially over the last five or ten years, because I know this is what's happened to me, is when people talk about like racism or even patriarchy or you know issues in society where they'll say that the you know white men are the problem and the white men are always trying to, to conquer and enslave and dominate and everything and they're being discriminatory and unjust, right? Which is is true throughout history. Um, now, but however, you could argue that that's just a tendency of all humans, not necessarily white, you know, males. But but anyway, not going to get too into that evolutionarily. But yeah, there's truth to that statement. I think that what's happened now, because I know this is what happened to me when I started hearing more and more about this, is that people like me who are in my demographic, we take offense to it. We take it as you know, when I hear things like "you're part of the problem," because I have heard that directly from at least several people over the last few years talking about things like, you know, racism, patriarchy, feminism, and whatever. When we hear statements like, you're part of the problem, or, you know, like, you know, these these white males or these white people or whatever, you know, or are just, um, you know, either they're racist or they're part of the problem or whatever, we start taking offense to it. We take it personally, even when we, we, don't, we shouldn't necessarily, okay? Does that make sense? I'm not ta- saying we should take it personally, but we do. Because when we hear things like, you know, you're part of the problem or when we're kind of made to believe by society that we should kind of feel guilty in a certain way about being white or being a white male. Um, And like I said, we might be misconstruing the message, but this is what we hear it as. I want anybody of a different race or women or whoever listening to this to understand this, that this is the way we hear it. The The way we hear it is it's our fault and we should feel guilty about the way society is okay this is the way that i heard it when i first started getting talked to by you know a lot of people in my life about this a few years ago we hear the message in a certain way we hear the message saying that we should feel guilty that we are the problem in society that comes across like that offends me because it makes me sit there and say wait what did i do like what well i I didn't do anything like i'm not the reason that that slavery happened i'm not the reason that women have lacked rights in this country or throughout the world like it's not my fault i mean like i can't help that i was born this way you know like and i didn't even know anything about about this until like fairly recently but and like maybe that's my fault too for being ignorant but like it, it it hits me as like a what did i do thing you know, um, and so that was why when I first like started debating these topics with people, um, you know, obviously mostly people of color or with women, it would ju- it would just hit me hard. I'd be like, wait, 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 what did I do? Like I always treated you good. At least I thought I did. I always treated everybody nice. Like what did I do? Like that. I think that's what gets in our head when um, you know, for people like me who are, uh, well, white men, and. Um, Anyway, it's it's funny because I bet that if um, if Diego, the owner of the Keep Talking brand, listens to this, he's probably going to be like, because uh, he always talks about like race in the sense of like we should just stop even talking about race in the sense of like, you know, talking about terms like black and white and Latino and everything because he says you know we're all just kind of part of the same human race and and he has a different perspective on it than I do though like his perspective is not so much one of of like colorblind because i used to put myself into that category of like oh i'm just i'm colorblind i don't i don't care about race at all i don't see people you know i don't see their, the color of their skin i see the content of their character i'm like what dr king wanted but but um anyway i know that if diego listens to this he's probably going to be like all right well stop making it so black and white as it relates to race but i'm just i'm just putting it in the context of the way people in the u.s see it for the most part okay um so with all of that like in mind let me come back to this example that I was going to talk about that kind of made me like think twice about 
just you know feminism and my views on men and women in society okay so I'm walking this morning. It's pretty early in the morning. There's not many people out yet. And I'm walking through this area that's in the city, but it's kind of like by a park. There's some woods, some trees. It's still kind of dark outside. And there's me, and then I see a woman that's walking like 100 yards away. You know, she's got like her headphones in, whatever. I didn't know. I didn't even really look close to see what else she had with her. Like, I'm walking up to her, and I'm getting ready to go do my workout. Like, I'm just, I'm going to run some sprints at this this park, you know. Um, I'm going to do my workout. And I'm kind of like looking over at her, and I'm just like, you know, it like hit me. I'm like, oh yeah, it's early in the morning here in the park. You know, I bet like a woman maybe is like a little nervous if she sees another random guy. Let me like make sure I like look at her in a way that like shows that, you know, I'm friendly. You don't have to worry about me, nothing like that. Right. And it got me thinking like, okay, yeah, you just did that, Sean. You just acknowledge the fact that you could be a threat to her depending on the way she sees things. Right. And now this is going to sound like an extreme example, but just keep in mind, this is just the way that it went in my head. Right now, a lot of women carry pepper spray. Okay, it got me thinking. Like, okay, yeah, obviously women carry pepper spray because of the chance that they could be, you know, attacked in the street by some guy or something might happen. Right, or harassed, whatever. And um, so I got thinking to myself. I've talked on this podcast before about how I'm, I'm learning to to hunt, and I've been going into the woods, you know, uh, preparing to um, to hunt. And um, you know, when you go into the woods, you get into an environment that you don't know what else is going to be out there. Now, Minnesota, the part of it where I live is not a particularly dangerous place with like a bunch of dangerous animals, but there is the possibility of running into a black bear. Okay. And, um, so when I've gone into the woods a couple times, just I'm going in there alone and I don't really know that much of what I'm doing yet. Uh, I take bear spray with me. Okay. And you can buy bear spray like, a, you know, most outfitters, Cabela's, whatever here um, in Minnesota. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to take bear spray. I mean, theoretically, a black bear is does not really attack humans anyway, unless you do something stupid. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take bear spray just in case I need it. You know, why not take it? And um, it's funny because I think, I'm not really sure about this, but I think that all bear spray is, is really just like a super strong pepper spray. I, I, I could be wrong about that, but it's like the same type of ingredients. Anyway, and um, so then I thought to myself, huh, okay. Well, I take bear spray into the woods because I'm just for the off chance that there could be a a bear in there that somehow decides to attack me. I take my bear spray. Okay. Now, me walking around in the city as a man, like even if I'm walking around like at night and it's dark or whatever, like, no, I don't take like pepper spray or, you know, any sort of spray or any sort of a weapon or anything like that. I don't feel the need to do that. And then I just thought to myself, huh, women walk around with pepper spray all the time. I know this is an over-exaggerated, silly example, and some people are just going to, like, take, like, some feminists would just listen to this and be like, oh, this guy, what an a-hole. But, like, is a woman walking around in the street at any given time the same as, like, me walking into a forest and not knowing what else is in there? <laughs> like, are, are women thinking of me and other men the same way that I think about a black bear? <laughs> Like, is, is it that level of, like, I need to be ready to defend myself from an attack? And I know that this is, this is stupid, right? Like, it's a stupid, it's a stupid like, example and comparison, okay? Um, and I'm not saying that men are animals or bears or anything like that. But it just really kind of flipped my mindset because it's like, huh, imagine, yeah, like, if every day when I was just walking down the street in my city... If I had that in my head, because that's what it's like when I'm walking in the woods, you know, especially if it's a densely wooded area and I can't see that well. I'm like, I don't know what kind of animal might sneak up on me. I got to be ready with something. I got to be ready to defend. 
And it's just, it's not the way it is when I walk down the streets every day. And I'm like, huh, is this? I mean, I know some women would, some women would say, yes, it absolutely is. Some women would say, oh, I feel fine for the most part. Depends where you live in the world. Depends what city. But I'm just like, huh, 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 huh. Is this really how it is to walk around like a woman each day? And it kind of just made me, you know, shift my perspective a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, I think uh, we could go on and on and I could debate many different people about, like, the challenges for, for, versus for men and women in society. Like, I've asked friends, both men and women, do you think it's better to be a man or a woman in modern society? And for the most part, the responses I get, they say, yeah, I think it's better to be a man. Like, both, both men and women will tend to say this. However, and you can actually debate it both ways. And I'll say right here, like, yes, I still think it's advantageous to be a man in modern society, even in the U.S., where we're highly, highly progressive, I would say now. Um, I still think it's advantageous to be a man for different reasons. Uh, you can make arguments that in certain areas or aspects of life, it's easier or better to be a woman. Um, but like even, and I'm not going to get into all of that. Now, even like one thing that I think is interesting is just the topic of like um, attracting a partner or finding a partner for men or for women. I would argue, this is going to sound weird. I would argue that it's more challenging for men or that, that men have to work harder for it but that it's also more fair for men. What do I mean by that? Okay, now, this is the realism in me talking. This is not me saying things in a real nice, pretty way that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's how it should be. No, this is realism here, okay? So when attracting partners in heterosexual relationships, what do, uh, you know, what does a woman want in a man? Well, she wants numerous things, theoretically, for the most part. Yeah, the man should be, you know, somewhat good looking. He should be in decent shape. You know, he should wear some decent clothes, you know, have a decent appearance, be well-mannered, you know, have a, have a decent job, a way to make a living, you know, a decent place to live. He should have all of these things in order. Ideally, he would have a decent status in society, uh, you know, based on his job or his position or what he does. But there's all of these different categories. And from what I've, you know, learned, I would say that women kind of... It, it varies from woman to woman, but they kind of put weight in all of these different categories. It might be 20% looks, 20% job and status, 20%, you know, the place he lives. And this, you know, it's not exactly added up, but it's kind of like a pie chart, right, of all these different areas. Okay, this is what women are looking for. What are men looking for in a woman? 80 plus percent of it, of the pie chart, is looks. It's physical attraction, okay? They're looking for a beautiful woman, a beautiful, sexy woman. That's what we're looking for. Okay. Yes. There are other things that factor in. Okay. There's a reason they have that video that the guy who made the hot, crazy scale or the hot, crazy matrix. Yes. You do have to factor in how crazy a woman is. You do have to factor in a woman's personality traits and everything like that. But physical beauty will overtake everything. Okay. If we are physically attracted to a woman that will make up for a lot. Now, yes. Um, Yes, some of those other things play a factor. There are things besides physical beauty, but for the most part, physical beauty is the first thing we will look for and it is the most important thing. With that in mind, as a woman, when trying to attract a partner, a lot of it is more just luck based on genetics. Um, you know, how beautiful a woman is, is deemed in general by, by men on average. Now, I will say that, that beauty can be like, you can go a long way to help yourself regardless of, of you know, the way your, your face looks, your, eye, your eyes, your smile and all that. You can go, go a long way to help yourself just by being in good shape because all men love a woman with a great body. So that's a huge part of it as well. And there, there is a work element, like you work on that, okay? But the point is, for women, it's, it's more luck than it is for men. 
honestly, because so much of it relates to physical beauty. Whereas for men, I would agree, I would argue that it's more fair because these other things that I'm talking about, you know, the type of job you have, how much money you make, you know, yeah, how physically fit you are, the, how well, you know, the upkeep you do with your, your place, your outfits, your car, everything. Like, there's more work involved in this. You have to work harder for it, I would say, but it's more fair, okay? It's more fair and it will reward the men who work the hardest and put the most effort into it as opposed to women. Um, you know, I would say being a beautiful woman in this society is probably a blessing and a curse. You know, it's a blessing in the sense that, you know, you could get almost any man that you want just based on your physical beauty, but then it's a curse just because, well, number one, you have to defend yourself from thousands and thousands of men all the time, and then it's almost impossible to have any man, man who actually just wants to be friends with you, okay? Um, being, I mean, yeah, I think being a beautiful woman would be hard in certain ways just because, yeah, no guy wants to just be friends with a beautiful woman in general. No straight male, almost. Um, anyway, so, yeah. I don't think the feminists are going to like any of this episode because <laughs> the way I just talked about stuff there at the end is um, probably not going not gonna to give very good reviews. But I'm um, just trying to be real, trying to keep it real here. So I think that's really all I got. But then, again, like I said, my perspective did shift a little bit this morning when I kind of thought through that. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, leave it open for you guys to, to ponder. All right. That's all I got for today. We'll talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.